everybody, it's the Mankind Podcast. Kind men, listen to this podcast. The revolution of masculinity with your host, Scoop Magruder! What's up, everybody? I'm Scoop. Thanks for tuning in. We got a lot of shit to shoot. Today's guest is a very dear friend. We're going to talk a little while. Do it through the lens of masculinity. What is that? Hey, I don't even know, but it's time for you and me to get real with it. Yeah, it's time for the show. Hey, what's up, folks? Welcome to the Mankind Podcast. I'm your host, Scoot Magruder. With me, as always, is Mike, Mike 1 and Mike 2. Today's guest is a very dear friend of mine. Eva Billick is in the house, and she is a righteous, radical woman. She is in the uh, stages of creating, I guess, a narrative podcast, uh, which is kind of exciting to hear about. wanted to hear her thoughts about masculinity, identity, sexuality, what it means uh, in her eyes uh, for someone to be a man. And what it's like to walk in her shoes. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Eva Billick. Great. We're live. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm so impressed with your technical skills. Well, it, it's all uh, a matter of, I don't, it, no. That's, you're being <laughs> kind for saying that. I have no. um, a bunch of, like, equipment that looks like I know what I'm doing. And that's basically it. Well, that's most of the battle. It, exactly. Yeah. Um, Eva. Skylar. Eva it's yeah. not your name here, right? It's, uh, you know, I'm going by a, 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 a misnomer or, you know. I'm what is it again? Uh, the name? Yeah. Scoot Magruder. Scoot. I will only call you Scoot for the next <laughs> however long. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, yeah. I, I don't know why I chose to do that. I just was like. Um, I'm into it. Yeah. It sounds like a, like the kind of bad action hero who you love to hate. Like he's really bad at his <laughs> job, but you're, it's like a, it's like a car crash. You just have to look. As he, like, jumps into the fire instead of over the fire. Right. Scoot Magruder. Oh, you know why? Because he reminds me of that SNL character. Uh, oh. Magruber. Magru- yeah. Yeah. That, I, what was that, was that actor's name? It's I not, don't remember. I just not, remember Chris. Will Fort. Will Fort. Oh, yeah, it was Will Fort. Yeah. Will Forte. Will Forte. Yeah. I just remember Kristen Wiig being in that. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. See, Kristen Wiig is a little bit more memorable than Will Fort. Isn't she? Baby, but yeah. But, yeah, I know. She's perfect. She really is. Mm. Um, Eva. Tell us, yes. what, what's in your coffee? Um, I have creamer. Um, got some coconut milk, and I have a lot of cinnamon. I meant to pour a little, and a ton came out, but I'm going with it. Okay. Creamer, cinnamon, coconut milk? I have some, yeah. Well, I usually, I put in, like, whatever's in the fridge. So today it was coconut milk. Okay. And I, it's fall, so I thought I would add a little cinnamon spice. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's doing me a lot of favors right now. That sounds so cohesive with the... Thank you. Lunar cycles. My God, that's all I ever want to hear. Thank you. Let's okay. So I'm going to throw out coffee drinks. Great. What is uh, the most uh, feminine coffee drink one could get? Um, yeah, definitely like a feminine coffee. Drink. Like I'm going to. You're, you're at I'm the really coffee shop, this. right? Yeah. And there's a guy yeah. ahead of you. Yeah. And, and and let's say you were interested in him. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was just a spark, and then he yeah. ordered a coffee drink. What would be a coffee drink that you would expect or hope that a man would get? Um, and if he got the opposite, what okay. would be kind of like, oh. Man, black coffee. Okay. Maybe like an Americano, but like really just simple to the point. Uh, and yeah, like the feminine one is like the dainty. I'll have like a latte. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe something with vanilla in it. Okay. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, what if the guy gets, uh, if he puts um, cream, 
sugar in it. I'm worried because that's sometimes what I put in my coffee. Yeah, I mean, I I have no personal feelings per- about what anyone puts in their coffee ever. <laughs> but I, okay. I feel like if I were writing a, a story about, like, a typical, very stereotypical masculine dude and a very stereotypical feminine woman. Right. That's what I would have them order. The dude would be black coffee. Girl would be some, like, flavored latte. Okay. How about, like, a um, you're at a bar. Yeah. You know? So it's not 10 o'clock in the morning. It's 10 o'clock yeah. at night. Yeah. What, what is, what, what's the guy getting a drink? And what's the girl getting a drink in this story? Um, the guy's getting either a beer or something with whiskey in it. Okay. The girl's getting... Oh, it depends. Okay, if it's like a romance novel, she's getting some Chardonnay. <laughs> okay. If it's like, if she's uh, some kind of like badass superhero, maybe she's getting the whiskey, but he's still getting a beer, I think. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I like that. I, I like that you kind of switched and went, you know, genre specific on us. Thank you. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, yourself. Where are you from? I'm from Teaneck, New Jersey, mm-hmm. Jerusalem of America. Mm. Very religious. Technically, I think it's one of the most diverse towns in New Jersey, but it's very segregated. So I'm from the, like, insular Jewish part. Okay. Where it's mostly white Jews. Okay. Yes. And, you know, I think of Jersey as, like, north to south. I couldn't, I don't understand east north. to west. Okay. It's definitely north. It's, like, 20 minutes south of New York City. Okay. Oh, okay. So yeah. going into the city was not a, a unheard of occurrence. Yeah, it was sort of a regular thing. Okay. Yeah. South Jersey people have Philly. We have New York. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And you went to Emerson? I went to Emerson College for political communication. Cool. Did nothing with that degree. Okay. Glad I got it. Mm-hmm. It's hanging around somewhere. Yeah. The, the degree itself. You don't have it, like, plastered up on your wall. You don't go to sleep looking at it. I don't know where. I haven't seen I don't even know if I ever saw it. Like, mm-hmm. did I get it at my graduation? I don't know. I think they gave me, like, a placeholder diploma, and I never got anything else. Okay. Oh, really? It was one of those things where they were like, come by the office to pick up the real thing. And I was like, totally. And then I never did. Well, how, how do you know that? How is anybody going to know that you actually have a college degree? They won't. They just have to believe me. I said it on my resume, so people just have to believe it. <laughs> I don't okay. know if anyone's going to go to the trouble to, like, call Emerson and be like, give us the proof. Yeah. What were some experiences that stood out as formative experiences during your college years? I was kind of a loser the first couple of years. I had a really hard time making friends. Because I didn't want to drink or party. I had, I had gone to Israel for a year after high school where oh. you can legally drink at 18. Oh. So the novelty of drinking first couple years in college had was, wasn't was really a thing for me. Oh. So other people wanted to like party and go out. And right. I was like, no, that's okay. So, But a year in Jerusalem, I mean, that's no footnote. That's pretty big probably. Yeah, it wasn't so unheard of where I'm from okay. to like go to Israel after after high school because all jewish people have right of passage or the opportunity to go you can yeah um if you are jewish whatever that means to you um for more religious people it's very strict like your mom is jewish and other people you know have a looser definition so whatever that means to you um you can go on this trip called birthright which is 10 days and you like tour around okay um we're in my community in my type of community it's pretty typical to like take a gap year and do some kind of like program most people who i knew went to some like religious school but i went to this program where we volunteered so i did like 
some ambulance training and work on like an ambulance in this like shit town. Am I allowed to curse? Yeah. This like shit town run by the Russian mafia in the middle of the of the country. Wow. And then I like taught English in Batyam, which is like near Tel Aviv. And then I I think when I was living in Jerusalem, I think I just took a lot of classes. Okay. Yeah. You've never been there, right? I've never Middle been East, there. No. No, I. I, I've been to um, Abu Dhabi, uh, oh, Dubai. Oh, cool. Oh, I've heard it's amazing. And, yeah. Um, my f- you know, feeling of it was that it was a very masculine uh, country or, or, or part of the world. Mm. And uh, I just, n- not to um, stereotype, but I just have felt like um, there's just a very aggressive or like masculine energy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would imagine, in Israel. Yeah. Um, well, it's patriarchal. Okay. Um, but not... It's patriarchal the way... It, in, it's sort of similar to, like, how America is patriarchal. Where, like, there are the communities where, like, the man is the head of the household and the woman stays home and, like, takes care of the kids. Right. But then there are also the communities where people are a little more, like quote-unquote, in the world, but still have these internalized notions of patriarchy. Okay. So, like, I don't consider myself in those, like, to to live in that kind of patriarchal, like, insular patriarchal society anymore, but I still do things like put makeup on and shave my legs. Like, that's just internalized patriarchal behavior. To shave your legs? Yeah. Put makeup on? Yeah. Is it? Oh, yeah. Because I can... Because I can say all I want that, like, no, I do it for me. But if the, like, razor campaign in the 1920s hadn't started to target women telling us we're disgusting for having body hair, like, I wouldn't do this now. I wouldn't, like, really do it for me. There was a razor campaign in the 20s? Yeah, razors were, I think it was in the 20s. I think it was around the time that, like, okay, I might might be totally wrong. But I I know that De Beers started the whole, like, diamond campaign to to create this notion of an engagement ring. And then razors weren't selling as well for men, and so they started selling to women. And so they took on this whole notion of, like, hey, women, did you know that you're gross and you need to start getting rid of your hair? Buy our razors. And it worked very well. Wow. Yeah. I've bought a ton of razors in my lifetime. If they didn't tell you that you were gross and disgusting, would you still shave your legs? No. You just let it go? Yeah. I mean, I I don't think actively that, like, oh... I'm gross, right. but it's been so in- ingrained in, me, in my behavior. It's, like, so internalized now that, like, that's just what you do. Right. Interesting. It's, it's fascinating. I've never heard about the um, razor campaign of the 1920s. I learned about it from, who's that comedian who was on SNL? Um, Jim Gaffigan. <laughs> Jim Gaffigan. He's always talking about that. I know. No. Um, oh, Sashir Zameda. Do you know her? Sashir Zameda, no. Yeah, she um, tours a lot in L.A. with Nicole Byer. They're a good duo. But, um, yeah, I I listened to – she was on a podcast, and I listened to, like, a little set that she did, and she talked about that. Cool. So now we know. So now you have me very um, curious about body hair. Yeah. As that is a manifestation of either masculinity or femininity. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about male facial hair. Um, Well – I guess to give the listeners maybe a little context, um, I mean, I don't know if it's necessary, but um, like, are you dating? Are you out, are you out on the prowl? I'm currently taking not a very conscious break, but I like you know how 
with apps. I don't were you on the apps before you started dating? Yeah. Yeah. It so was awful. Yeah. So some so it it kind of goes in waves. Like sometimes I date like a ton within a few months and then I just need to sort of take a mental break. Sure. Kind of on the mental break. But up until including July since like last October, I was like hitting it. I okay. was like meeting a ton of people, going on a ton of first dates. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. And so I guess I should preface by saying, you know, the idea behind this podcast is kind of to reach out to that young guy who's, uh, you know, uh, looking online and he's like, masculinity, like, let's listen to a podcast about masculinity. And if you found your way to this one, uh, I just want to welcome you and thank you for listening. But it's for him uh, who's kind of trying to identify and find healthy uh, outlets uh, of identifying himself as masculine Mm. and for that not to be toxic or something like that. So um, I guess in, let's say in this time between July to last October, when you, when you were, you know, however, um, slinging it, uh, (laughs) what, um, what were qualities or traits about a a man that were attractive or appealing to you? Um, Or are? Yeah, I... Uh, number one, uh, is always someone who's like laid back, super go with the flow, Mm. not like a stoner, like, you know, not someone who doesn't care about anything, but someone who is just, you know, he would never like send food back at a restaurant, you know, like just kind of takes things in stride. (laughs) Uh Um, that's a great yardstick. It is mandatory that he actively considers himself a feminist. Mm. That is hundred percent. Okay. Like I cannot date someone who doesn't know what feminist means. I mean, really, all it means is that you like think that women should have equal rights to men. Okay. But like, um, but I can't deal with people who are a little more conservative. It just it doesn't work mm-hmm. with my worldview. And I think that also like men who are feminists tend to just be more like socially aware, not just with gender issues, but like with racial issues mm-hmm. and like just social issues in general that come up. I think that they're like a little more aware of it, a little more sensitive to it. And like, I want to talk about that stuff all the time. So it just creates a nice foundation there. Uh, Someone who's funny, Mm -hmm. which is a ridiculous thing to say. I used to be a matchmaker and anytime someone would be like, I'm looking for someone funny. I'd be like, shut up. (laughs) What does that mean? That means nothing. What's funny. I don't know. That's totally subjective. So, but yeah, I'm going to throw it out there. And yet that's what you want. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that's what I want. Okay. And you mentioned facial hair. Honestly, I like facial hair. Okay. Yeah. Is it a prerequisite? It's not a prerequisite at all. I don't have like a physical type. Everybody I date looks different. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I do recognize that it, it must be, there must be some kind of like inner turmoil that goes on with men and their facial hair. Like if you can't grow facial hair, if you can't grow a beard, that mm. must be hard, especially in 2019 when it's really in fashion. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Should the guy get a, a, a spirit gum mustache and put it on his face when he goes out? You can try it. <laughs> you try, yeah. You'll definitely make friends that way. Yeah. It's a conversation starter. Sure. For Ooh, sure. Party favor. Yeah, it's got to be a, a Yeah, get mood. some different colors. Yeah. Some days it could be felt. Other days it could be faux fur or real fur. Just do it up. Okay. But no, I think be comfortable with yourself and we'll love you. I want to go back to this thing that you said about active... It. it, it Active consideration or something to that effect of femini- or of mm. feminism. Yeah. Does a guy have to be picketing in the streets? No. No. Or but just like as part of his worldview, mm-hmm. 
um, really considers like what uh, what societal norms there are in the world and how we've put different roles on people based on their gender, based on their race, based mm. on their appearance in any way. Um, and how that's evolving. Yeah, and like wants to be an advocate for women's equality or whatever equality. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that might look like picketing in the street or like going down to a women's march and sometimes it might look like talking to his fellow guy friends about it because it's men. Sure. I think like any group, like men, you know, hear things a little easier sometimes from other men. It could be easier to have that conversation and feel a little safer. Right. At least to start the conversation. Having a beer. Yeah. 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 Because I'm so curious about um, like a listener who might not even know what that means. What do, yeah. you, what do you mean women have equal rights? <laughs> how, how do we break? Don't they already? Yeah, but, like, let's say that somebody doesn't quite get that, you know, the Me Too movement is happening. And, yeah. and, and that um, all walks of life uh, are experiencing, um, you know, uh, equal rights in a way that, that never have. And, and they're being challenged right yeah. now with kind of the, the movement of the yeah. um, alt-right. Yeah. Things like that. And I guess, I, I don't know, how, how do we reach... Um, well that person who is so set in not recognizing. I think, uh, I mean, you don't have to. Like, you can be set in your ways for the rest of your life. Right. But it might be interesting to think about, like, if if I have triggered you so much by using the word feminism Mm. or equality or whatever, uh, like... It's one thing to have a neutral reaction about that, but it's one thing to get furious right. and feel like your whole body is tensing up. Clearly, I've hit a nerve. Right. So I think the first interesting thing might be to do some self-reflection and examine that and wonder, what is why happening I- under the surface? Like, why am I feeling so angry about this? Am I? Is it threatening a particular expectation of the world, of myself, of society? Like, what? It's probably more personal than general. Right. Um, but what is it about that? perspective or about these ideas that feel so threatening to you as a person and then like once you get in there it might be interesting just to like google some keywords in there and see what pops up like there's a ton of brilliant writers on the internet talking about this stuff every day Hmm. and so if you are curious you don't have to feel converted or anything but if you want to just google like feminism 2019 or what a, like really vague keywords and just kind of see where you end up right. it's it's about you know step by step learning yeah. and and just seeing what ideas get out there and i think a lot of self reflection yeah it there's a moment that i recently had with my girlfriend we had just gone to see the red hot chili peppers concert down in oh fun orange county that's awesome and at the end of the concert um, you know, this massive humanity is exiting the, the state fairgrounds or whatever. And Summer and I are walking by, and here's this couple fighting. Like, I, I watched the girls say to the guy, you need to shut your mouth and keep walking. And then, and, and I sort of kept Summer close. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we were walking right by them, and the guy, I guess, grabbed her neck. <gasps> and the whole you know, passing river of people as this was happening, 
stopped, and there was another guy, two other guys who yelled at the guy who had, oh my you know, God. struck his girlfriend or the the who if his the woman, um, no, it was his girlfriend, and uh, and then there was an altercation, you know, <gasps> the, the, and the the guys between two guys between two guys now, and um. And, the, you know, yeah, long story short, the security came and broke everything up, but the two guys were about to go wow. head to head. And it just makes me think about, you know, that um, force against force about, like, I just picture a whole bunch of guys uh, having a beer, talking about these ideas of femininity, and, and that action of him, you know, striking his girlfriend yeah. at the Red Hot Chili Peppers concert um, is a manifestation of... of trying to demystify and dismantle that you do not do that. Yeah. Um, and wow. So anyway, this conversation is just kind that of like, must have think of like that moment. been very frightening to see. Because I've also seen guys hit their girlfriends in public before wow. like, a couple of times. And every I, I so know what you mean. Everyone freezes because you're like, do I get in the way? Am I about to make things worse for her? Like right. there's, a, there's a sort of collective moment of – of like uh, gauging the situation. Right. And usually there is some kind of like dude who jumps in and, yeah. and tries to save the day. Uh, yeah. Mm. And you know, what's interesting. I remember hearing years ago, I remember hearing this notion that um, because little boys are taught to, you know, not, not embrace, like pretend that they don't have feminine sides and like yeah. embrace only this idea of masculinity and this, and it becomes this like toxic uh, behavior right. a lot of Be the time. Man. Man up. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't like, you don't touch other guys. You're not affectionate with your guy friends. Right. And so I heard that this need to fight, um, is partially a way to like get in human contact. Huh. Cause the you're really, yeah. You like, like want human touch mm. and connection and like you need that as a person. Sure. And so I, I've heard once, I don't remember where this comes from, so I can't credit anyone, but, um, yeah, I heard this idea that part of I think part of it's biology and part of it is uh, yeah. this like I just want to hug, but this is how I know how I can hug exactly. and get away with it. I, I got in a fight in the sixth grade with Benny Wong, um, <laughs> and I, like ever since the and he, he kicked my ass, unfortunately. Oh my god! Um, but ever since that fight, we were like really good friends. Oh, it brought you together. Yeah. Wow. You know, like after that, he would he was a couple years older than me, and I'd be walking down the halls and be like, "Hey, what's up, man? You good?" I'm like, yeah, what's up? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. You know? Um, <laughs> Just imagining, like, really cool scoot, like, <laughs> walking down the halls. No. Yeah, dude. I'm doing great. Thanks. Just, yeah, putting on that facade, you know? Um, that, yeah. yeah. I read this amazing book when mm -hmm. I was living in New York by a woman named Judy Chu, who's this brilliant researcher, and it followed this group of boys, like five boys, from the ages of two to four. Yeah. And I think it was, I think the book's called something like Becoming a Man, mm -hmm. or From Boys to man i don't know it had some very obvious title but mm. it uh showed this very subtle change in them over the course of those two years huh. in terms of how other people responded to them and reacted to them so a few of them were dropped off at school every day by their dads okay and when they were two their dads would give them a kiss goodbye but as they got slightly older their dads would stop kissing them oh and um the way that girls reacted to them like some girls wanted to play with them and then later on they would say no you're not allowed to play with us anymore so like we learn these gender norms so young and they're ingrained in us so young we don't even know what's happening wow so, such a cool book oh my gosh yeah 
Like a, a girl might want to play with the boy whose dad kissed him on the forehead, and the boy would be like, get away. Yeah. Something. Interesting. Judy Chu. Judy Chu. I met her once. She's really great. Uh, how'd you meet her? Uh, I went to, well, I, I, I interviewed her actually for, um, I, I was a staff writer on this uh, feminist online magazine when I lived in New York, and so I interviewed her for an article once, and then she spoke on a panel at NYU about something to do with gender, and I wanted to get my PhD in gender at the time, so like anything with the word gender in it, if it oh. was at an event, I was there, so uh-huh. I went and like listened to the discussion and met her, and it was great. It, is that still on your radar, a PhD in, gen- in gender? Honestly, I wouldn't mind it, but it would be later in life. It would be like 20 or 30 years down the line. Right. Okay. Not anytime soon. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Do you have an advanced degree? Because I could so see you being like a professor. Yeah. Um, I have a, a master's of art in teaching. That's right. You have a master's in teaching. I remember that. Yeah. That's cool. Um, I got. Oh, the, yeah. And you yeah, taught abroad. Taught abroad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that was like, a, it feel like, feels like a lifetime ago. Did you feel like expectations of masculinity were really different when you went abroad? You know, um, my immediate thought is that my masculinity, my sense of uh, the need for me to step into manhood occurred when I was a boys' high school tennis coach, and I coached uh, them for three years. Mm -hmm. And I was 26, 7 when I first started. So because I had, you know, 20 boys under my wing – there was that moment where I had to sort of step into, okay, I am a coach, guide, leader. I am no longer a boy. Um, and then when I went abroad, I went to Bangkok and then Singapore. Um, I, I, guess, I don't know if I was conscious of it, um, of, of my masculinity. I, I just sort of was. I, I don't know how to yeah. answer that, but I, yeah. um, it wasn't a conscious thought of mine. Yeah. Yeah. Eva... Yes, sir. I got to get to work. Great. Go to work. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for being here and thank doing this. Thank you. This was delightful. Yeah. I love watching you and all your very fancy equipment. You're such a natural at this. Right I'm going to listen to this podcast. You. For sure. I'm very excited for it. And I'll see you in a couple of weeks when we shoot your movie. You should shoot your film. Yeah, I'm That's very excited. Thank you so much for doing it. For sure. Eva's a big producer, director. She's got her own podcast coming out. And actor. Get out of here. You're, you're the bomb. <laughs> you are. Okay. You make me sound very great. Thankful. Um, cool. Okay. Mazel tov. Bye. You did it. Goodbye. Everybody, thanks for listening to the Mankind Podcast. That was Eva Billick, the one and the only. Join us every week where we uh, dissect what it means to be a man, masculinity. And I wish you good luck and Godspeed.